Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friends Kyle Rice, Russell Gardner, and I are continuing our five-week series in Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra with volume two of the series. We're going to be going through issues number 11 through 23, so consider yourself warned for complete spoilers of these issues. Always remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here's your episode. In this second volume, a Russian spacecraft from the International Space Station is returning to Earth carrying three passengers, one woman and two men. Could this be the end of Yorick's tenure as last living male? Plus, the group runs up against a roadblock in Arizona where the female remains of the Sons of Arizona militia have cut the interstate to keep out any vestiges of the U.S. government. Okay, guys, and welcome back to Cameroids Comics. Um, hi, Kyle. Hi, Russ. Hi. Hello. This is another super special episode, but now this one's special in a different way because it's already picking up my echoes. Can you, can you hear those echoes? I can hear background music from downstairs. Yeah, you know, that's going to be how it is for a little bit here on the Camera Reads Comics <laughs> podcast because we are recording in a new location. So that's it. You know, whether or not the microphone actually picks that up, different story, but all the fans get to know how much of a budget we're recording on now. And that's that's not the important part of this episode. The important part is we're recording Why the Last Man Volume 2. So, I guess first and foremost, the question is going to be... Actually, 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 before we even get into the book, Russell, I want to talk about the fact that at this point, as we're recording, it may date the podcast, but you know, whatever. At this point, as we're recording, we were talking, Kyle and I have both seen the trailer for the Why the Last Man TV show. The first trailer has released at the time of this recording, but that's about it. We've seen a bunch of images teasing the show, but nothing besides the first trailer. So, Russell, my question to you is... Uh, what is your philosophy on trailer watching and what prevents you from watching this one? Because I always think that's super interesting. Yeah. Well, Kyle gives me a lot of crap for this too, but, uh, I won't know. Well, my thing, you know, we were actually talking about this in the context of pet peeves a while ago. And, uh, you know, my, my one thing, uh, is that I just hate spoilers, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, even if I won't watch it for maybe 30 years, Please don't spoil it for me. Like, that's how I am with things. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a running joke that we have because it's like, Russell, okay, this movie came out in 1993. And Russell's like, I don't care. Don't spoil it. And I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, honestly, I've just... This has only been a thing for maybe, like, three or four years. Like, not my whole life at all. But where I've taken the... Even the spoiler thing is probably, like, a, a, a maybe, I'll say, eight years max I've been uptight about spoilers. That's and it's this thing. Spoilers are a fair thing to be like defensive about. Yeah, it's thirty years spoilers. So. Let's all just calm down. But, Russ, you know. Russ, can you think of a specific time where something's been spoiled for you? You don't have to use names, but you can if it's my name. Where you spoiled something for me? Have I spoiled something for you? Or do uh, you know of someone that has spoiled something for you? Like, uh, yes. What was it? It was wait, wait, wait. What's the, what's the time cap on this? Because if it's a fairly recent one, I don't want to spoil it for the fans, but if it's within... I don't know. Well, what, we don't the, have to give away the spoiler, but what did I spoil? 
What did you spoil? It's not you. Oh, it's not me. Okay. Well, cool. the, the I have a dear friend who does spoil things pretty often. Is it me? Uh, no. You made I, eye this contact. person will remain nameless. Ooh. Um, but let's see. Like, uh, oh my goodness, I can't even think of one. The the most recent one was a false spoiler. So that's where the spoiler is actually okay because this person <laughs> tends to spoil stuff, but then like thirty five percent of the time they're actually wrong in their spoiler. They, did they misremember? So it's like. It's like, you know those people who like Wikipedia stuff ahead of time? Mm, yep. Oh, yeah. I got stuff spoiled like that for me. So, like, you're only going to, like, remember so much when you're, like, skim reading a Wikipedia article, right? Yeah. And so if you let something slip on that, sometimes you get it wrong because you misremembered your Wikipedia article. So that, that's what happened the Do most recently. you remember recent what time. it was for? Yeah, it was no. for the Suicide Squad. The, mm. the newest one? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Don't spoil that for okay. sure. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know what was spoiled for me? And this is, in my head, past the statute of limitations. Um, Shazam. The movie? Uh, have you seen that movie, Russ? Uh, I recently watched the movie for the first time. Okay, so you've seen. Okay, so it's fine because I'm out. Because this is actually a major spoiler. I looked at IMDb because I was like, okay, who's in the cast for this movie? I want to know where they're from and if I can see them in other things. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's spoiled that Adam Brody was mm-hmm. in the movie, and, and it's like one of the top tier listings. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? He's not in any of the trailers. Da, da, da. Who is he? What? And then it's like, it, he says he's uh, Freddie Freeman. And I was like, no. Shout out to the movie Grind. Is, is he he's in, in that? that? It's a skateboarding movie. Kyle. One of my favorites growing up. Wow. Kyle's a big skateboarder. Should, uh, see, if you're dedicated to the, the no-spoiler philosophy, you would know. You shouldn't IMDb ahead. I know, but Russ, that is literally IMDb. I, I IMDb as I'm watching movies and TV because I think it, it, it enriches the entire experience for me. Like, I want to know as I'm watching or before I watch, who's directing this? And, like, who's, who wrote it? Because I think one of my biggest draws to comic books is, like, Knowing knowing who Pia Guerra is and, and what they've worked on, and, and obviously we've read Brian K. Vaughn's work. So how does this fit into his library? At what point did he release it? What what you know, you know what inspired these decisions? And so you know, IMDb is the the place for that for movies. And then that was the that was the one that was the absolute worst. So like I also get and respect where Russ is coming from because it's not like. You know, it, it, it as, as of late has become kind of like, okay, I have to really tread lightly on what I'm social topics that I'm talking to Russ about and how deep I can get into them. <laughs> and so, um, that's that that's funny. But wh- where did this view start from? Because it, it was originally just like, I'm not, I don't watch trailers anymore. Well, yeah, that's actually probably what made it more intense was actually, so my first non-trailered, intentional non-trailered movie where like I'd go into a theater, I would notice it's this trailer coming up and I would plug my ears and look down for the next, you know, know, 90 to 120 seconds, however, or sure, however long the trailer is, was uh, the last Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker, Yeah, which, you know, it's very contentious movie. A lot of people maybe not be... Different story now, yeah. Whatever. But let me tell you, the experience of watching that movie for the first time, not having seen any of the scenes in the trailer with like, you know, now and after the fact, I've like seen the trailer, but like, you know, with like the whole fleet of like ships in the sky on that like Sith planet and stuff like that. And like even being on like the one planet with all the wreckage in it and the ocean and stuff like seeing that for the first time in the theater, having that be part of the plot and not connecting that in my mind to, oh, yeah, it's that one scene from the trailer, yeah. was so good 
for the movie experience. Like I loved watching that movie so much for the first time because every scene was new. And it was really that experience having like experimented with that. I think that kind of just like did something in my head where I was like, I want to do this forever from now on. Uh, and so, yeah, now I just try to, you know, if there's a movie that I really care about, it doesn't have to be every movie, but you know, if it's a movie I, I know I want to see and that I like care about the characters or yeah. something like that, then I'll avoid trailers at all costs. Um, yeah. It, it really makes the most sense. If you really think about it, yeah, it really I, does. I've given him a hard time, a lot of, like a lot of different occasions, uh, for it, but like, I don't know, hearing you say it now, it's kind of, it makes the most sense. I, I just get too eager to like see any possible thing. Oh, and so like, of course. you know, the people announce that the movie's going to come out two years in advance of and course, you yeah. have to wait that whole time to get any sort of information. Oh. And I like certain information spoiled. Um, like I like to know as well who is in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so I actually, I do do that. I think it depends sometimes on like people's personality because I think trailers hurt like, like he's saying how he saw everything for the first time like in the movies and I think so many people would benefit from doing that because so many people make up like all these expectations and especially recently with all the Star Wars movies and I don't know all the newest Marvel movies and stuff like that people just get so disappointed because they see something that they liked in the trailer and then there wasn't as much of that in the actual movie mm-hmm. and it bums them out. Yeah. Like, I was bummed because the best song I think I've ever heard in anything Star Wars was in the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer, and then it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they, they, the one that sticks out to me is not the most recent Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad, before the David Ayer one, the 2016 one. There's, like, Joker scenes, and I'm like, mm-hmm. they're, and even in Justice League with uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League, I'm like, because they used Zack Snyder footage for that trailer, there were scenes not in the movie, and, like, for me, I'm like, I'm kind of okay with that because really we live in such an age where everything is so scrutinized, every piece of content because there's rewatchability. Like the culture surrounding trailers right now is so different than once, you know, uh, than, than obviously original movies were. So the, the, the example that comes to me in my head right now is like Black Adam, the, mm-hmm. the new rock movie. That's like a DC character I just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely adore. And so getting excited to see his, I just want to see the costume. We haven't even seen the costume yet. We know they wrapped filming. They know, we know they've done all these things. And I'm like, we just have not even seen the costume yet. And I'm like, I don't even, I, that's the trailer I want to see the most right now. But I'm like, I just want to see the costume more than anything. But I'm You've like, just seen The Rock be somehow more jacked than he's ever been in his life. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you in this robe? Like you were not in a robe the whole movie. I know. I know it's a modern robe. <laughs> and so um, I'm just I'm excited to see that all come together. But uh, as of now, I, I respect and like I feel like it's obviously the way Russell's approaching all of this is much more pure. But going actually back to why the last man, why we're here in the first place, we, we were talking because the why trailer had come out, and then you know knowing where Russell stood, knowing Kyle and I have both watched this trailer, I was like Russell, like because we've all read this series through already knowing that you've already read this like would 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 this would you allow yourself to watch this trailer or da, da, da? and Russ, will you elaborate on your what your answer to me was uh it was essentially i would probably never seek it out because obviously i would care to watch the show and so i want to like you know come in with virgin eyes or whatever but um it would be one because i know like the source material and i know at least generally where the plot's gonna go uh, that I wouldn't be 
as bummed if I saw the trailer like accidentally or something like that. Yeah. So it's not as much of one that I'm like hyping up of I don't want to see the trailer at all costs. But definitely not something I've seen yet and not something I would really plan to plan to look at. Yeah. Well, York's a girl. <laughs> Is that that could be real? It's oh yeah, that's real. York's a girl? How would that make sense if it's why the last man? That's exactly why I, that's exactly why I said it. The story is about hero. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Plot twist. Um, you could really tell me whatever you wanted. <laughs> yeah. You could say that uh, there's no monkey; it's just an elephant or something, and I'd be like, "Wow." Wait, so you did see the trailer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, literally, again after reading this volume, Ampersand is absolutely 110 percent my absolute favorite character. So, my favorite moment is an Ampersand moment. So. Um, no, let's just, let's just get into it. So how it's actually, again, to date the podcast and just give a little behind the scenes, it's been about like a month since we read the first mm-hmm. one. And so it's still fairly fresh, but, um, going into the second volume, you know, it's funny too, is like, it's fresh for me, especially cause like I edited the last episode and so I, like, I know how that went for us. And so my question for you guys is, uh, how fresh were you coming into this and like how ready to pick up where we left off were you? Go ahead, Russ. How fresh? I mean, what is, uh, did... Do you... I mean, like, was it... Was there any, like, for me, like, I, I started watching Game of Thrones and started watching Sopranos oh, simultaneously, yeah, yeah. and, like, I took a break from both shows, and now I'm like, man, has it been too long since I can go back in? Were all the beats mm-hmm. pretty clear? All the character arcs pretty, like, oh, oh, yep, yep, yep. You could pick up right where you left off, or was there a little fuzz? Yeah, I had been actually, at least for the first half, I paced myself pretty slowly, so I had oh. been reading, like, a little bit since we had finished and then the last half was more of a binge um but so at least for me personally everything felt pretty smooth because i i don't know i was seeking little moments to read it all checks out it all checks out because russ russ has handled this the most responsibly and i literally read probably 11 issues of this like 13 issue book today so and i was like i woke up 5 30 to go read like 100 pages then read it at lunch then i was like we made it 7:45, so so that I could read it, like you know, finish it off before we all got here. Kyle, what about you? I will say I've I finished it probably earlier than both of you did. I finished after the first volume. Oh no, that's that's a complete lie. Well, I won't say about Russ, but I finished can, like before before work this morning as well. So we all finished today, though. Yeah, so it's, today. So it's fresh now, but like picking up where there's no. Kyle's had a big actually life stage transition now in a good way in the best way Kyle got married in the meantime that's why it's been so long so yeah sorry I I should have canceled it for the podcast but yeah it's pretty selfish that's here nor there this is actually not about why the last man this is actually your intervention intervention. (laughs) (laughs) and we are going to get documented for you on the platform okay actually now we've been talking for almost 15 minutes and we have not really gotten into the story whatsoever so how do we feel about where this book picked up with the astronaut arc and, you know, really diving into that kind of stuff? We had the first meeting of Yorick and Alter. We had, uh, so let, let, let's just start there. So how do we feel about the astronaut meeting and arc? And like kind of, we saw that astronauts, I guess the, I want to say the risqueness, but also just like the, uh, it's it's them we see them fighting in space. Like they're not all getting along. And like, we realize how critical them landing safely back to earth in the United States is, which is not like a factor that I thought. So Russ, you can start us off, but like, how did you feel about that arc and, and, and that 
playing a factor and I guess almost adding a timeline, adding a destination to everything else surrounding Yorick and 355 and Dr. Man. Yeah, that's, I, I think uh, the first time I, I read it, I just thought it was like kind of cool, like, oh, well, like if no one can survive on Earth, it makes sense that there's like a spaceship or something. You know, I just thought that was cool. But Brilliant. Uh, I, I thought reading through it, what I was noticing that I, I really appreciated and enjoyed was that you could see how much of the space shuttle success was like, you know, in one way significant for the whole world or whatever. But you could see how much of it was like, especially significant for York, who was like battling with this, I don't want to be the last hope for humanity or something. So if this ship can land, then I have a lot of the burden off my shoulders because here's these two other dudes um, on this spaceship that can like help me bury, carry, carry the burden. And they're American or international heroes. Uh, they're astronauts and stuff, so they can, they, they can do the hero stuff and I don't have to be a hero anymore. Yeah. And I was, I was really drawn to, to that idea, um, especially like, cause I think, you know, if you were to think about, I don't know, I, I think this, that arc especially calls you the reader to almost put themselves in York's shoes, you know, and like, how would you feel being the last person on earth? Um, because I, I think maybe the conventional response is like, oh, wow, like I would be the savior of humanity or something. And you like want to um, think a lot better about yourself or something. People are really pursuing their own altruism if they take on that role. Yeah. And so like just noticing how human of a response it is to actually like be how York is like, oh, I don't I don't want to do this. I just want to be like a normal person. I want to go find Beth in Australia. It'd be really cool if these astronauts could land and then I wouldn't have to deal with any of this. Um, that like resonated a lot with me because I feel like oh, if I was being honest like yeah I wouldn't want to have to deal with the world's problems I would just want to put that on someone else's shoulders mm. and go live my own life yeah yeah absolutely and I also asked you three questions that question so whatever answer <laughs> you guys should have seen Russell's face as I like brought that like freaking basket to him and I was like nah, pick what you want <laughs> so uh, yeah no absolutely and I think it's funny where you're coming from um with what you said about Yorick, I, again, I think one of the most likable things about him is how fr clumsy he is, you know, and the whole thing, it's like he is just not qualified and he always seeks out danger. I don't think I told you guys this. I, I told Kyle, I don't know if I told Russ. I actually got, after we read the first volume, it was like the week after we had recorded, I was talk, I was online because I'm in a bunch of comic book face, Facebook groups and this one guy in this group is like, I read Why the Last Man and I hate it. And I was like, dang, the hot take. And then he says, yo, Rick is so bad. He puts himself in all these situations where he's in danger and he's so unlikable and, da, da, da. and all these people were like, yeah, yo, Rick sucks. And I was like, and I was like, dang. Cause we had, I had just come, come off talking to you guys about how much I like his like dislike ability. You know, mm -hmm. he's not a favorable character. You know, he, again, he's not altruistic and that's why I like him is mm -hmm. like, all these things and so I, I commented that on the Facebook thing because it's like and again I'm not like going after the guy I was like I was like I actually think Yoke's a very interesting character because his lack of qualification to carry this burden makes for a very interesting protagonist and then that guy shot back with some sort of thing where he's like it doesn't matter but he's always being so un he said something he's like he he's so dumb and he puts himself in these like I'm paraphrasing but he puts himself in so many unsafe situations being you know the last man on earth and did he read book two i didn't i didn't respond i didn't respond <laughs> to that because in my head i was just like you know 
Yeah, because everyone wants to read a story where the protagonist sits on the sidelines and doesn't put themselves in any danger because that is plot. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also like so confused by that as an answer because isn't that like one of the central plot points in this book? In this one, yeah, <laughs> and, and well, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I just, I was like, what you're saying resonated so well with me, and I think again, like them, I feel like this volume is where the series kind of really. The first one is a lot of setup, and like we, I realized we got past that, and this one is really where I kind of see the series come into what I love about it so much. There was some, some meta stuff going on, like meta narrative arcs, and then on top of that, there was some like, like. Yorick character development that was so interesting and so um I was, I was really down for all of that hey, Kyle uh sorry how did, how did you yeah. I was like uh how did you feel about Russell's question this going into this volume mm-hmm. with the astronaut stuff how do you feel like that arc played into the story how what did you like most about it um kind of what you were just just talking about um I I love like this book specifically um going back to like kind of how I talked last episode about last book was everything is just almost brand new yeah. uh, for me. Like I, I have read everything in the past, however many years ago, year or two ago. And um, there's just so much that I, I don't remember. And so this book specifically, one of my favorite parts in pretty much each arc is just like the internal conflict that's going on with each of our main characters Yeah, um, and how, how it's like so well um, translated on the page to where like you actually get to put yourself in that situation and like think, wow, it actually makes sense how they made like a certain decision. Like it made sense that Yorick would go and do something dumb, you know, like (laughs) what you were just talking about. But um, yeah, kind of all the stuff that happens like individually with them. There's so much good stuff where they're all together, but um, just what everyone's dealing with by themselves when they have to spend every minute of every day on this journey together. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I like the team that they have. You know, it's just the 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 good crew that we're gonna see throughout the whole narrative is just Doctor Man. Uh, 355 and yeah Rick and like they're comfortable with one another but now and like that's pretty cool (laughs) and you see you see there's moments in this one too how they reflect upon one another there's a moment where you know we find out in this story if it wasn't obvious before it's you know it's explicit now Dr. Man is a lesbian and she was kind of into 355 and like she had lied about some of the stuff in her past so that 355 would like her more and there's a moment it's at the tail end of the book but 355 says oh like you lied and she's you realize that Dr. Man lied because she wouldn't do impress her because she was into her (laughs) and and she's like wait you mean like 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and she's like you're talking like Yorick now and I'm like I love seeing those influences on one another The the state of the planet and like the the possibility that they could save like humankind and all, she just has a crush it's <laughs> beautiful. And that's, again, that's also very Yorick. Like, and simultaneously in, in that arc, Yorick was, was handling a gun and you know, he, he shot someone and that's not, you know what I mean? Like that's the first time we've seen that, which is a very three three fifty five move of him. So 
we're we're seeing their lives inter, uh, intertwined in a way that you know those characters would not have gone on their own, mm-hmm. which is cool. So the, the yeah. influence. Um, if you guys don't have anything more to say about the. Well, I was I was actually gonna mention. No. Uh, one of my it might be my favorite <laughs> it might be my favorite part of this book, but I'm still deciding. Um, but when the the woman astronaut is the one to to come out of yeah. the spaceship after it lands everything blows up and they're checking on her and it's it's the woman like you're you're so excited to like see who is like the one possible survivor and it's and it's the woman and you're mm-hmm. like you think immediately like what why why wouldn't it be the two guys you know and then it's it's like those next few panels are just like such like a a crazy like concept and it's just they those men like were had to be selfless like you thought it was just kind of this oh like chivalry like the guy thinking about being chivalrous instead of yeah you know like helping like the fate of the universe and like that decision itself is arguably like kind of selfish but then it's like the next panel and it's like no because she's pregnant yeah and then that's why like they both elected to to save her and she's like i loved both of them we were up there for so long and it's like that whole complication that you didn't actually get to see. You kind of get like little hints of it in like previous panels where they're kind of discussing stuff up in space. But then you, you really get to know like once they're dead, it's like, Oh no, she loved both of them. And they obviously like couldn't have been like at the point where they were arguing up in space, it was kind of like they were going crazy Oh yeah. and you could kind of, and then they like kind of resolve it and they like apologize. So they, they know like what was going on with each other. Yeah. And so that whole complicated mess up in space and then now is turning into like this whole possibility of what's the gender of the baby going to be? Like what's, what's going on here? And so that's probably one of my favorite parts of this book. Yeah. I didn't want to forget about. There's actually two things. And you know, we almost just breezed over was the fact that Alter and Yorick had met like she, they, in, in, during that kind of whole moment, I think the reason that they, uh, I don't. I think the reason that they didn't like survive is because Alter fired the rocket not at the. She missed, but I think the counter explosion on the exterior of the pod is what caused the leak and whatever. That's that's kind of where my head went with the whole thing, and so um, like there's like some fuel leak thing, and I think like the rocket missile, you know, hit mm-hmm. hit the exterior, it blew whatever whatever, and so. Like, with that, I guess my question is, how did you like that interaction between both of them? And then my second question is, how believable is it? I think this is the way that it was written was very thoughtful. Obviously, I always feel like he is such a thoughtful writer, Brian K. Vaughn. But the, the potential for someone like Yorick to be able to take out someone like Alter, how believable do we think that was? Um, so, Russ, I want to go with you first. How... So I guess first, how did you like their interaction? And then do you think he could actually KO her? That's very KO her. Um, I'm not sure. Um, the first question of like their interaction, you know, like to be honest, I think reading through it, even though it was kind of like a significant moment of these two people who had never interacted, but who the reader has seen for multiple, you know, pages and pages, um, it just felt so like natural that it was almost like 
it wasn't that noticeable to me, you know? It was like, oh yeah, he's like, oh, and now they're, he's on the helicopter or whatever and he's blindfolded and stuff. Um, I thought that their interaction was nice in seeing the kind of like the stoic um, leadership mentality of Alter mixed with the weird quippiness of York. Um, I, I kind of liked seeing those two worlds combined because if anything they're sort of like polar opposites in a way you know um in terms of i mean do i i'm pretty he what he like was tied to a chair and then he came and like what's your face untied him and then no he escaped from the chair right well they had they had a whole conversation where um he was trying forever to get out of the handcuffs and then they could and then he couldn't and then so alter told the other girl to tie him to the, the chair in the helicopter and then afterwards after he hit her he kind of goes like I couldn't get out of these cuffs but you don't think I can get out of the chair oh that yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. I thought that was fine because it's like he came from behind sneak attack <laughs> surprise you know yeah. I was fine with it and then he just kicks her in the face yeah maybe in like a straight up fight I wouldn't oh, believe it but like murked. come from behind with like the, the handcuff knockout punch to the kick or whatever it's like yeah I'm fine with that you yeah, know I thought this one was very believable and that's why I guess going back why I said it was thoughtful because I'm like no uh, there was no other way mm-hmm. he could have done that but then I was like whoa right so yeah she has to have heavy machinery in her hand and yeah. he has to come from behind yeah you know I think I think Alter got blinded by her arrogance in in that moment you know she and and that's and that's why he had the advantage but otherwise like he won't have the advantage you know what i mean if anyway, in most circumstances with most people exactly yeah. let's let's uh, yoru doesn't have the upper hand on anyone <laughs> <laughs> kyle how'd you feel about their uh, first interaction um you know with like so many things going on in in that just that first arc of this book um, you know, like I kind of felt, I kind of felt like it was such like a quick, like resolution almost for like this person who was kind of being teased all of book one. He, she finally gets Yorick and then it's like, I can't remember maybe like a few pages later, like he kind of escapes and he kind of gets away. I don't know why just, I kind of was hoping that it would go much further than that and yeah. it was something like you know this arc was going to end with him getting like taken by alter and then the whole next arc was going to be them getting him back but also i'm not a writer and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next arc is, is great too so um i'm not upset but i think it's it's like you're saying i think alter is going to be an important character later as we mm-hmm. all know and that's not a spoiler that's mm-hmm. just which oof. is probably why it, all ends quickly here. Going back to what you said, it's it's again, it's it's all build up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're giving these characters also shared history, which could make potentially later interactions more meaningful and valuable, which is mm-hmm. awesome. So I think we're all pro that. Um, with Yorick, I'm I, I like him, and I like Alter too. Uh, it also set up, uh, and obviously we go full spoilers in these. We're talking about everything that's happening um uh, alter was getting yorick for his mother mm-hmm. and that's i don't i, I don't really want to go deeper into that because also that's about as much as we know so right. there's not much more to say about it after that um i like that 
I like that it was a flawed first interaction, and he did get out by the skin of his teeth, and that's about the only way he could have, and any way that interaction could have happened. So, or any way he could have gotten out of it. I I love I love him coming back to three fifty five in the somber moments they mm-hmm. have together. Because also, oh my gosh, we have we have another moment. That's the second moment in this series three fifty five. Because to try and coerce Alter to get a Yorick back was to offer up two astronauts for the one this one random guy, and uh, you know she tries to make that promise. She can't cash out on it. Um, she says she's in love with him. But that's the second time in the series because the first she's KO'd in the first book and Dr. Man pretty much gets her heart crushed. Yep. <laughs> Which we find out mm-hmm. after the bat. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Man gets her heart crushed because uh, Agent 355 pretty much admits that she's in love with Yorick when she's like incapacitated. And then in this one, she's like, oh, because I love him. And then you have a really great kind of page. And it's... Kyle can maybe speak more to this than Russ can, but it's very modern and very like Tom King esque kind of mm-hmm. page where they like joke about something and then it shows them looking at one another and then it's uh, the fi- she said oh and I love this dialogue too and I I couldn't say this uh, but oh were you Yorick's like so you said you were in love with me like is that true and then. <laughs> Uh, Agent three fifty five is a very explicit response, and mm-hmm. then it's just it's it, she shrugs it off, but it's like oh what like, and then they kind of just stare blankly at one another in silence mm-hmm. in, in an awkward pause, and I'm like wow it's very modern very meta uh, I really liked that. Well, do they they don't look at each other right? They kind of like both look away in the exact same face, like thinking mm-hmm. like oh, he definitely the the faces make it seem like he deep down kind of hoped like a little bit that she really was but would never admit it yeah and then she is also having like some sort of like real feeling that we already know about because of her her whole dream and stuff but yeah you know what i think is also like the arc that's paying off more now than ever and not more now than ever, but like, I love that we keep getting hints into the Yorick Beth relationship and like mm-hmm. what that's actually looking like and how that's going to pay off later because there is going to be a payoff later. And I'm just very, very, very excited. It, to Russ's point, going back to trailers, the, one of the things is like when I know the spoiler of a movie, there's some movies where we're very fortunate where you can have the spoilers and then go back and rewatch it and it changes the rewatch. For me, that movie Shutter Island, where it's like I I literally had not seen it. I won't. I'm not gonna spoil anything. There's a major. Don't you dare. There's a major spoiler in the whole <laughs> movie. shook his head. There's a major spoiler. Yeah, he literally just gave it another. He has freaking ancient three fifty five look right now. Uh, there's a moment, there's a, there's a big spoiler, obviously, at the end of the movie. I don't think that's news to anyone. But once you know that going in and you rewatch the movie, the entire tone and everything and every scene changes. And it's like, wow, like, that's crazy. And, and and I knew that. And so when I watched the I knew what the spoiler was. So when I watched the movie the first time, I was like, wow, that changes the way I watch the whole thing. I feel like we're, you guys may feel this, but I feel like we're getting that in the second volume. And like when, when, uh, uh, amongst the whole thing, but specifically for me, it's the Yorick and Beth relationship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're getting hints into that. And I'm like, oh, I, I just, I really do like it. And I find it so compelling. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with that, that there's, 
there's a way in which I'm looking at it the second time through, um, kind of knowing at least the direction the narrative is going to go at the end. Um, that really, I don't know, it's, it's a different approach than when I had read it the first time, you know, so it's really nicely done. It's, it's nicely done too. Cause I think, and I think that's also the, 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 the signs of a really great story because there's some comics where, you know, for me recently, and this will be out by the time this comes out, but I read, uh, I'll date, I'll date all these cause I'm like, this is my freaking hundred, hundredth recording this week, but I read Batman Dark Victory, which Kyle mm-hmm. knows. Did I ever give that to you, Russ? Nope. It's a Robin story. Not that a Batman, I'm aware. A Robin story. Um, and it kind of fell flat for me. And I was like, oh, like the mystery, because I knew what the end of the mystery mm-hmm. was. And so that whole arc kind of fell flat for me. It, it was good in other areas. But for this one, for me, I was like, man, I, I really wanted a... Like, it, if the beats don't hit as hard, like the whole story's kind of just literally goes down a couple of pegs. And that's been the biggest hurdle for me with starting this podcast where I'm like, I'm rereading stories for the most part. And I'm like, I know what happens in these. And so the, the hits don't hit as hard. And so, uh, for this one though, I think the way it ages and me in us knowing for the most part, the big hits that this story has, but still being drawn in by some of the more little subtle things is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. yeah, there's there's just so much there. Yeah. Like, it's never just, like, uh, with, with Batman Dark Victory, it's kind of like, you kind of have a couple people you're paying attention to. Yeah. In this one, there's there's so much going on. I mean, you have, like, your three main characters, but then it's, like, all these other people, you never know if you're going to turn the page, and it's going to be, like, something crazy Hero's doing. You never know if it's going to be something that Alter's doing. You don't know if someone's going to be on the phone with York's mom. So there's just like so many moving pieces and there's so much content like in each issue that I don't think you have to worry about that. And yeah. Like you said, like each, each hit still hits. So yeah, it's cool. And, and it's very responsible and thoughtful. Cause like the things that are hitting aren't the bigger ones. It's also, it's the littler ones, which is cool. Um, okay. On to the next one. And we'll, let's go brief on this one. Cause I it was a two issue arc, but how do we feel about the meta stuff going on with the, um, the other with the play you know we have two mm. issues on that we don't we don't find out but we also don't need to we don't find out how yorick loses mm. ampersand but he gets lost and he gets picked up by these playwrights this uh, this traveling uh, what, what do you call it theater troupe yeah it's a troupe uh they, they get picked up by this troupe who wants to create artistic content but it's also so bland and like <laughs> it's probably you know, oh, I, lo- I love it though because it's so earnest um they they want to wow the world with this art but they're also just they're not bad but they're just fine at art and so they they pretty much go to this town they 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 have this pinnacle of a story they want to tell and then the story for the most part kind of falls flat it's about the last man on earth and obviously we are reading about that from a, it's meta. How did we feel about that arc? Uh, Kyle, I think I'm going to ask you this one first. So how did you like that arc and how do you feel about kind of, uh, the broader story that Brian K. Vaughn was telling there? You know, I, I like it for what it, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's a big like change of pace where it's not the same, like, they get into a bind, like they get to a new city. There's a new group of girls that want to kill them. You know, it's, it's, it steps away from that. And it does like, 
it does two big pieces of like foreshadowing and um like plot building mm-hmm. um one of them being the entrance of the like the, the nin- samurai um like oh, the, yeah. the spy or whatever who is obviously interested in ampersand i and, totally forgot about that <laughs> and so like it's a huge um entrance for that character who we're obviously going to see much more of later and then two what ends up paying off i think in the next arc um i can't remember if it's at like issue two of this or if it's um one of the next few issues but it's it's york york when he sees the end of the play and how like the the last man um dies and the whole point is the last man finally died and the women were able to like save (laughs) themselves you know like it kind of didn't make sense and when he said like oh it's kind of dumb like he said yeah. F that because yeah. he is the last man and mm-hmm. he, for the sake of his own life, he can't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it pays off, I think, either like the next issue or two and and like he actually like starts contemplating that oh. where he starts having, like I said earlier, like the internal conflict of, well, maybe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, what I is, think... What truly is my role in this? It's a, it's a, it's a survivor's guilt kind mm-hmm. of thing. And like... I didn't, I didn't, that was an issue that I didn't realize I needed afterwards. But I, I think at this arc, it, it's with the, when it starts with the theater troupe that I think the story really kind of comes into the, 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 what I like most about this series. Cause I'm like, yes, like the Amazons are interesting and like what's going on there's, it's, it's, it's neat. Uh, the astronauts, wow, that's a big concept. I didn't quite, I, I couldn't have thought of that, you know? And so reading that, but then it's like, oh wow, like what's the broader, I feel like with those two arcs, we really got to see like Yorick, but we really got a good glimpse into Brian K. Vaughn. And like, we got to see the writer insert himself. Cause you know, you know, with uh, creating content, like those are the issues, the internal conflicts that he's having within himself. And he was able to uh, project that onto the, the narrative in such a uh, personal way, which is my favorite kind of storytelling. So I feel you on that. Russell, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I think in the moment, I was like, I didn't like it that much because I was like, I, I just get me back to the main characters, you yeah. know? There's an element of that. But I think actually, like, reflecting on it, I, I appreciated the those issues, um, talking about that theater troupe, because, like, one, I think it's fascinating to have some panels that are just dedicated more to like, oh, what's the rest of the world up to? You know, like here's <laughs> exactly. this here's this random group of people just like going around doing plays. And that's like that's like pretty fascinating, you know, and I think it makes sense. Builds a world. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh yeah, for sure. There's no movies, there's not really any like everything's <laughs> in in fire and flames. So yeah, there's like a moving sure, they're just going around doing plays and stuff. If you guys remember the last <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a month for us, but I edited the episode. Kyle was really pissed that nobody discovered electricity in the last <laughs> Right. I was trying to think about what I was pissed off about last, last episode. And so this it just reminded me of that. So. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that I really liked is I liked, just maybe as like little caricatures, is I loved the blonde-headed woman who was like the head of the town or whatever the mayor the mayor lady yeah just as like a caricature of like kind of uptight conventional old-fashioned lady exactly um and then i loved the playwright the one who actually wrote the play yes 
as like sort of a caricature of like I'm saving the world through my art, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then oh like God. even when they actually perform the plays, the play, and there's like the one scene where he's like, "I was stuck in an elevator, but your face was the only thing that kept me going." Oh and it's just, God. it's so perfect as like kind of on that meta level of like just a commentary on those two very drastically different types of people mm-hmm. um, in kind of like their own satirical ways, you know? So I loved both those characters, actually. You know, that I think this arc was something I didn't remember, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's it's fine. And I don't, again, I don't think... Okay, well, I was, we were talking about this before we started recording, but the podcast I started listening to was Office Ladies with uh, Pam and Angela from The Office, and that has stuck out to me because uh, one of the one of the notes I think that makes the office work is and, and that they talk about in their experience beyond the show is the characters are really they're human and I think that, that going back to this story you know they're flawed characters because all humans are flawed you know and, and, and just no the mo- actually like two out of three people at the table are flawed and one is perfect and he has his own podcast. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to be that guy right now. No, but, but I think we saw in the playwright and in, in those, in those characters kind of like, yeah, it's a new arc and yeah, Yorick's flawed, but also these other people are flawed too because what, how much value they think they're bringing to the world as opposed to how much value they're actually bringing to their world. But again, like it's so perfect in that way because it's so human. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which actually brought me to, it, it caught me off guard. Cause again, it, it built a world and I think it did it thoroughly and very like, again, meta, but also intentionally. And like it, it was fun. It was a fun departure. Yeah. And so it actually led to my favorite moment of the entire story. And that is on page for, uh, for you guys, 165 of the trades. And it is when Yorick and Ampersand get reunited because, again, Ampersand is my favorite character. And frankly, I've been considering an Ampersand tattoo. Um, Dang. I just love him. I just love him. And Yorick Put gets it next to your Lion Cat tattoo. I have a I, Russell has not seen this yet, but on my refrigerator, I have a Lion Cat magnet. And so I love it. But uh, Ampersand, it's, it's literally this one for Kyle. It's when Ampersand and him get reunited and they, they like make up some <laughs> lie to get Ampersand again and, and Yorick gets him back in his hands and he says, welcome back, shit, welcome back, shit slinger, because Ampersand <laughs> throws his poo. <laughs> 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 Yorick, which is the funniest thing, but look, 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 the most important part, the reason it's my absolute favorite, Yorick is wearing his gas mask right now. Look at Ampersand's hand on the gas mask. <laughs> That is the most cute and tender thing you've ever seen. <laughs> oh. I love that that you, is what you preface is the most important thing. I don't care about anything <laughs> else. Like, yeah, they're, they're reunited. That's cute. Look at his little hand like on the mask. <laughs> it is so cute. And so you'll, it, it's like that exact panel. If, if you read or you're following along and you really want to look at it, that's my absolute favorite moment because the way this isn't a spoiler, but the way him and the monkey are tied together, it's just the narrative. It's, it's, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't need to know how he got lost, but the fact that they're willing to just go find this monkey that is apparently, well, he's also as important. He's the last mammal Mm -hmm. on earth. And so all of the above was great, but then, then the beat right after that, where they where Yorick's like, okay, well, how does this story end? They're like, well, the, the last man kills himself and the women fend for themselves. 
And uh, he's like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and, and then at the last page, I love, because it's so like, it, it doesn't tie it all up in a neat bow, but it's just kind of like a pun almost. And it's just the freaking writer looks at the, it looks at not the camera, but at the reader and just says, everyone's a critic. <laughs> it's like very like Looney Tunes almost. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't realize I needed that story. And then it picks up, you know, to the next arcs, but that was, that's what I liked about that. That's and, very nice. Anyway, thank I you. I like that you loved that tender <laughs> monkey moment. It was like literally three pages. So I'm like, Everything just went full Looney Tunes. <laughs> I loved it. That's my, that's my favorite issue cover, too. Oh, it's which the, one was uh, it? I think it's issue 17. It's the one where uh, it's the, the theater, and in the, the box, it's the Roxy the boxes, it says, uh, Why the Last Man, yes. like on that. And I don't know what it is. I have, like, an infatuation of, like, old theaters and, like, the signs outside, and... Um, yeah, so that's just kind of my favorite issue issue cover of I think the whole series. Yeah, but no, you're right. That's very cool. It is a cool one. It's not like obviously my actual favorite issue by no, any but means, cover. but it's like the cover I think is beautiful, and it has the 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 ninja chick at the top. Yeah, and I honestly I read and only the Y is lit, and only mm-hmm. the Y is lit because Dang. why? But the play is called The Last Man. Very brilliant. The covers mm-hmm. I that that. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was caught off guard by how much I loved the covers in this whole and in, in this volume in particular. Yeah. Like, you know, you get a cover before every issue, but I'm like, you know, sometimes like it's easy to. I like the astronaut skull cover. I'm like, that's kind of cool and edgy mm, and sci-fi. That cool. That'd be a cool T-shirt in 2009. Like, I'm down. And like, but this one for me, I was like, that's that was all my brand in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I had bangs. That's fine, but that. Uh, that cover that Kyle's talking about, that one also stuck out to me too. So it's it's good. I like the one with Ampersand, because he's my favorite character, on the road sign with like the sunset in the background or whatever, the clouds. And it, it it's it's in the next arc that we're, I'm actually going to bring up now. I thought we weren't allowed to choose Ampersand as our favorite character. Yeah, no, he's shelved because he is obviously the best character. Right. So I, I'm going to formally request you don't keep calling him your favorite character. Kyle, you just need to calm down. <laughs> Why are you attacking me? Okay, so wait. Can I talk about my favorite panel because I suppose it goes nope. into the next arc, or is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah, just let's just transition, baby. Dude, my my favorite part is when they're like walking to Arizona or whatever, and they're just talking about smells that they like that are weird. <laughs> yes. I love that so much because it's like, yeah, what would you do if you're just like literally walking from Washington D.C. in a roundabout way to San Francisco through Arizona? May, at some point, weird smells that you like, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that. And I love the answers, at least of... I like York's answer a lot of, like, the weird like, costumes that... Like, the plastic smell of weird Halloween costumes. What would your smells be? What would, a weird smell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite weird smell? Question. I can give you mine off the top of my head. Do it. It's literally old comic books. It's like they, they change the paper that they used to print on. I think this might be the old paper that they used to print on. It's like... The texture of the paper changes from book to book, age to age. This is one of my favorites, and it's just like literally a good for Kyle, like an original printing of like a classic, like the Tim Drake Robin book, mm-hmm. like that smell, ready, like of the ink on the page. Love it. Hmm. Okay, Russ. Do you hmm. have one? I'm. I have uh, like a weak answer, but one fine. that kind of came to mind was like crayons. 
Oh, wow. However you want to pronounce like crayons, uh, crayons no, or I, crayons. Hey, I liked your first one. Okay, yeah. cool. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it before, honestly. Um, I was like, I don't know if I want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought about it for a while. Um, yeah, no, I think that's kind of where my mind goes. It's not mm. a bad one. You know, it's weird because I'm pretty sure I have one that's like more of a hot take. But the one that comes to mind is I like, you know, like gasoline. Like, uh, oh, yeah. take me to Autopia and let me just like smell the ride. <laughs> like, that's nice. So, <laughs> I'm going to formally disagree. Really? Yeah. The fact that you... The, oh, you, boy. The, no, it's, you set up a situation. <laughs> <laughs> Russell's like, what a... When I'm so old and I'm so deep in my dementia, take me to Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> just leave me. Like, and I get this picture of Russell as an old man just sitting there, just closing his eyes. Yeah. That'd be nice. That's how I want to go. It'd be a good way to go out. <laughs> um, Maybe that was more of a hot take then, because you seemed to very not like that. Yeah, cow. that's okay. okay. Uh, I've heard other people say that. Though, yeah. So I, I, that makes sense. I own my take. I definitely just love, specifically it's Tim Drake because I mm-hmm. love Tim Drake. Anyways. Did I tell you I have that issue? What? His first appearance as Robin. Oh my gosh. I got his first appearance too. Same. Russell doesn't. I know for a fact Russell, he Russell, why don't Fine, you I have don't. it? <laughs> Fine. I lied. I'm sorry. That was one of the best <laughs> finds I had at, uh, it was a dollar bin. I got, I got, I got that issue for $5 and I said, I don't think you know you have, but no, I just didn't say that to their face because that would have marked up the book. I got the swap meet, baby. Two bucks. Oh, oh wow. I got mine at Kohl's. <laughs> they don't sell that there, dude. I've tried. You don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I'd lose my mind if Kohl's started a comic book <laughs> session. Oh, my God. Kohl's cash. <laughs> uh, Kohl's cash is made of old comic books. It probably so wouldn't too. work on the comic books. They wouldn't work you can't on can't use them to buy shoes or anything. You can use Kohl's cash for like anything. I used use Kohl's cash on shoes before. Oh, I'm thinking of the 25% uh, off discount. Oh, maybe, yeah. My bad, my bad. Kohl's cash is like gold. Don't yeah, you ever bad is. talk Kohl's cash again? <laughs> my bad. I hear really good things about Target. Target has an annual sale. I just got a Target red card if we're just talking about our discounts now. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a Target red oh, card. Shoot. The debit <laughs> version? No, it's debit version. I'm not made a credit. And so... Uh, I got I got that and I'm like oh wow like this is like kind of neat and they they do sales so in the comic book Facebook groups that I get in Why the Last Man altercations in mm-hmm. um, they 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 talk about that there's annually or every other month or something Target does a buy one get one free like spend this much on a book and get the second one free or something and or like half off and like guy or buy two get one third one half off and like it's a big deal because target will have good deals on books anyways and like for big omnis that i buy like that's they sell them oh yeah like Co- online yeah online only because i know our local <laughs> target does not i mean speak for yourself buddy <laughs> wait i have a question though about, wait let me finish about, oh, i'm target so sorry i ahead. wanted to know if the red card works on that on top of it okay there i'm done okay mm. um my question is we the, don't know <laughs> My question is the timing. The timing of the uh, acquirement of the said target card. Uh, oh. Did you get it like yourself? Like you actively went to go open that, or did you say yes to one of the cashiers when they offered it? Oh, it that's w- a hard hitting question. Actually, I thought the question was gonna be not that, but I love that question. Yeah. Okay, here's the story. It's actually... I've said no to four million cashiers there. Oh and my I probably gosh. should have said yes years ago. I probably would have that saved so much not, money. That is not my experience at all. Really? So I'm actually at a brand new Target. So learning the terrain of the new Target setup is its own beast. But uh, 
And I actually go to two Targets now anyways because there's one closer to my office and there's one closer to home. Not anyways irrelevant. I go to the new terrain one closest to my home and I say, I'm checking out. I'm like, "Mm, there's no one in line behind me. Making small talk. What's up? Yes, I just bought this lamp. I don't have lighting in this new place. Anyways, um, so we're chit-chatting, making small talk like you do, all right? Then I ask the person, it's a dude, and I ask the dude at the register, and I'm like, oh, I ask him. I'm like, by the way, like, do you have any, like, paperwork or something? Sign up for a Target card? Like, I want a red card because I just know I'm going to be here a lot now. And he's like, uh, and I'm like, ah, like, (laughs) what? Like, like, you should know how to do this, and and he's like, um, I've actually never gotten that question before, and I was like, oh, like, because the cashiers okay. just ask. I was like, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't ask you that before you walked up, yeah, before you said hi. They didn't, you know? And I was like, okay, this is my cross to bear. And uh, I was like, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just go about it online. So that whole, that's the story. And so you got it online. I got it online. And so you seeked it out yourself. I sought it out. I, I, I tried on one level and then I tried on another. And I was like, okay, well. Good for you, man. I'm impressed. You know that when I was a cashier at Toys R Us, may oh. it rest in peace. Uh, every customer, I said, would you like to save 15% on today's order and 10% every Thursday by signing up for an RS credit card? That was the pitch. And what did you say? What did they say? I mean, 97.8% of the time they said no. And then that's why they went under. <laughs> yeah. I, I sold a lot of credit cards. Did you say, there was like a time where you sold the most in your store. That is true. <laughs> yes. I forget definitely yearly that you worked at Toys R Us. I mean, it was a really, it was what nine months maybe and it yeah. was you still have your shirt though i do i wear them to bed they're nice i always remember <laughs> it when <laughs> i always you? remember when you put it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kyle sees the rest is that okay <laughs> <laughs> you, you we watch your... movies and go in the jacuzzi okay Damn. that sounds like a date to me and i don't see maybe. where the toys are shirt is sometimes he'd be wearing it he's at home he's comfortable i love it can't blame says, the man. Come on, let's play on the back. He also has this cool shirt. He also has this cool shirt that has planets on it. I like my friend's shirts. Don't worry about it. Gosh, I'm just wearing a plain white tee over here. Hey there, Delilah style. But anyways. Yeah, the plain uh, white tee is good for you. I went for it. Um, okay, now getting back into the Wild Last Man. I don't know how to transition any of that to that. Maybe We're, ta- we're talking about... The last thing we talked about were... F- Fancy smells because they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that's somehow we got diverted. But we we're talking about the Arizona thing, right? Yeah, they're back. Maybe. So they're in Arizona. Yeah, let's pick up at that mm-hmm. arc because that's the next one. Um, I, uh, I would love to talk more and I just, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the issue before this where he kind of spends the. Ooh, the 7 Eleven. With 7 with Eleven, there's some stuff in that issue that, like, I obviously we. I don't feel comfortable talking about, and we don't need to use this platform for that. But with, with that issue, I think we had some valuable self-reflection on Yorick, some character development, and again, like him confronting survivor's guilt and like kind of, I guess, his relationship with being the last man on earth. You know, uh, uh, reconciling that within himself. Uh, did you guys have anything you want to say? Because I thought that was good, but I'm like, there's some. I don't need to go deeper into that. Um, I, I guess just to add on, it's just a. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a much, it takes a way different tone Yeah. in that issue. And I, I almost forgot about it. And then I was like, oh, wow, we're here. Yeah. And yeah, I, I still don't even know how I feel about that issue. 
I don't know if you wanted to give any type of like brief description. No, honestly, I think that's where they have a weird therapy session. Yeah, that's the best summary to give. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. it, you know what's crazy though here? Here's here's I'm I'm, I'm at I'm at turmoil with that issue because there's some stuff where I'm like, wow, this is dated and like that doesn't work. But also, and this is, and I mean this, and and I don't, I never knew if I felt this way. I remember reading that for the first time and just like needing to like sit in silence for a while after that issue, just because it's a lot to take it. The whole thing is just a lot. But I think even even with some of the problems, I may, I think that's within my top ten, maybe top five comic books, like single issue comics of all time, because what it revealed about Yorick and his relationship with himself and just like, cause you know, I feel like that's coming from a place of Brian K. Vaughn talking about his deepest, darkest thoughts about his worldview and stuff. And just, you know, bleeding on a page and just like, this is it. And I just felt like that was one of the most oddly personal stories I've ever read. And the fact that we can get all of that and not in a major arc, but in one issue is super valuable. And with, with the weird therapy session and all that, goes along with that it's the it's the last not the last page of what happens to 7-Eleven but her talking to Yorick and him wanting because I, I find myself at this place him wanting to just uh, spill his entire experience to her and be like do you want to know what I saw and her saying no that's for you only and she's like it's not for me to know and I was like I absolutely loved that and I'm like it, 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 that's what stuck out the most for me in that scene, and I was like, "Wow, that was just an ending that fits so perfectly." And I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to describe it better than that. You know, mm-hmm. Russ, how did you feel? Well, I do. That's one of the issues I remember distinctly reading the first time, mm-hmm. because, well, because it's very shocking, but yeah. also because I remember like sort of being irritated about the actions of York sort of not making sense to a certain degree until that issue. And then yeah. kind of feeling in the aftermath of that, like, Oh, like that's really nice that we got an explanation for why he like literally needless needlessly puts himself in danger sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt that again, like reading through this, it's like, wow, this is like pretty needed here after stupid action X, Y, Z that he's done up to this point of yeah. like having an explanation of like, Oh yeah, it's actually cause like, He's trying to do anything to like not being in the situation, even up to and including death, perhaps, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that was my but thought both times. It's reading. That, and then on top of that, too, uh, I think largely, I think more importantly, it also explains like because one of the biggest glaring questions, they, I think the two biggest problems with him and uh, amongst the fan community of the story is like, how does he relate to? You know, why does he always put himself in danger? But then also, how come he's not having more sex? Like, just on a That's fundamental I was gonna mention level. And, and I think it resolves both of those. And it kind of is... It, it explains very validly mm-hmm. his complicated relationship with sex. And, you know, it, those, it, it hit on two points that were, like, critical. Like, every fan by this point is wondering those things. And it answered those in a very effective way. Uh kind of weird but like it, 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 it those are both complicated issues too so it i think it handled them as well as it could have and again i think i thought the ending on that was when you find out kind of about a 7-eleven was wow so yeah there there definitely is a, a message there with like his seeing like a look into like the darkest part of his childhood mm-hmm. you know and like kind of the message there of like not 
knowing like everyone's upbringing mm-hmm. and what everyone could possibly do, be dealing with because you're not there's no way your brain goes there like when you think and you're asking yourself those questions like about Yorick and um, like what his upbringing could have possibly been like you, our, our minds don't go there but yeah. it's like also our minds don't go there thinking about anyone yeah that we meet like in real life you know taking into like taking in every what could be anyone else's experience mm-hmm. that isn't yours right so you, you don't know why people do the things that they do yeah so dang very interesting good good little tangent and now going back because after that it picks up to i don't even know what to call this arc it actually it has a title but like i don't know the arizona chapter of uh, it's called like safe word or something no that's what that issue is called Oh, that, oh, and that then this is, one? It's called Safe Word, and then the next one... Something Pass. It's called, yeah, like Deadly Pass or something. It is Widow's Pass. Um, and so, Russ, how did you feel about that arc? I felt like it, it was almost a rehashing of the Amazons, but it, it this one didn't grow Yorick. I think it, it grew Dr. Man and even Agent 355 more. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. I, I think that the comparison with the Amazons is pretty fascinating because I don't know if this is like an accurate. Um, maybe I, it, it almost feels like they're, they're extremists on either sides of like the spectrum, you yeah. know, like the Amazons felt more like liberated. Yeah. Like a, a left extreme and the Arizona thing feels more like a right extreme, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty like fascinating to kind of get both sides of that. Um, I thought it was. I don't know. I, I like the the contentious groups forming, you know, like yeah. the weird random little gangs that you have that they keep running into. Um, it's it's always a nice experience, and I like how nuanced they are. So I think I I genuinely enjoyed this part here because, one, I, I love the York scene at the end with, like, at the gravesite and everything. Um, I like that as a character point for York of like oh man now he's got some like he's got some stuff on his conscience to deal with um but then I also just like the I don't know it's it's amazing how Brian K. Vaughn can kind of keep introducing new groups and we don't feel like this sense of oh it's just another group like they all feel like different and new and like exciting to like to be introduced to and learn about yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's it's interesting and again like uh, I'm I'm glad that we, we didn't use this time. We did get to use, you know, it was more of, okay, Yorick had that solo adventure and we kind of dealt with those parts of themselves. We got to see him take those pieces and move forward with them, but the arc wasn't quite about him. It was about, we, we got to see how, uh, Dr. Mann's view about herself. And we got a small glimpse into Agent 55, or 355, and like what motivates her in those ways. And it's like, you know, when we get the one little anecdote about her family, and then we get the heartbreaking, uh, I want to say conclusion of her family's journey, because that's really what it is, that they all died, and which I don't think surprises anyone, but it was like, wow, like, okay, we almost kind of have a glimpse into you. Uh, but yeah, so Dr. Man punishing herself for the, uh, a, a different kind of survivor's guilt, actually, you know, so... Kyle, how, how did you feel about that arc? And even, I guess, we didn't even mention the new lady they met on the way. I forget her name. PJ. PJ. Pajamas. Yeah. Um, I, one, one thing that stuck out to me and kind of made me think 
about like previous um, arcs and issues like in this whole storyline, but how he's Brian K. Vaughn's able to make like a C D E list character in the story have some sort of like interesting piece to them. Um, and kind of what I thought about was the this uh, this group of women that they come across in um, Arizona and how there's like the leader of it and then I think it's like the leader's like daughter the leader's daughter yeah. is the one that's con- like you can evidently see from the very beginning that she's like questioning what's going on and she ends up being like like I think it's meaningful that she ends up being the one that York kills at the end because she was evidently the one that was kind of like questioning if what she was doing was right and Mm -hmm. if she should have been there and she was just following mom's orders and trying to do right by her but um making like i don't know that little piece like it it just could have been some random just like low-key person but it was like a person who had some sort of like baggage to them yeah no you're right it's it's almost like too with yorick uh He's he was that like there's a naivete that like, came with the the daughter you know she's kind of learning and so she's uh, she, she's asking questions about why they're doing what they're doing and how how to do it too and it's like only only comes from lack of experience mm-hmm. and it it seems like when she killed or she shot PJ yeah it seemed as if she was almost like the first person that she killed yeah and then just moments after and then she ends up being like the first person that York kills. Yeah. And, 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 and even the responses are different because mm-hmm. Yorick has had, you know, the, the, the experiences that he's had, like, it's almost like he killed a young version of himself, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a way. So it's very interesting. And I liked, I liked the lead up. I, I like also how it showed the loyalty that the team has with one another. And that could have been a very, uh, I don't know. It, it could have been a lot worse. But, like, it shows... You know what I also really liked in that scene? Something that stuck out to me was... Uh, 355, when he when she was rescuing, and she was pretty much taking out... When she was able to, number one, count how many there were, how many were left, and then, uh, okay, there's five of them. The way she disarmed the rest of them, mm-hmm. and it was the moment when, you know, one of them tried to take uh, Dr. Mann as a hostage... And it, they didn't do the thing that you see in every movie where it's like, oh man, like I gotta make this shot. Nah, freaking 355 nailed it. Like next panel, next yeah. panel. They didn't even spend a lick of time, and it was dead center. And I was like, what? I really, really, really liked that. How'd you? Did you guys like that? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Russell to be like, we yeah, had that was sick. I like the gibberish too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I did. That was the one thing I was like, I, I knocked it off the point for me. I was like, really, guys? Well, not that it makes sense, really, or that that's a thing that people can resonate with as being a real thing. But I liked. I mean, I don't know. I just like that as being kind of a point to show the bond between Doctor Man and 355, and they're able to. Com- communicate together in that moment (laughs) yeah i don't know for some reason i like that oh i could read some of it but like there's when she told her to like get down on all fours like i could not read that i was like i don't get what's happening i'm like because it was like the the word was too long for the panel and i'm like this is ridiculous (laughs) um okay so winding down uh you guys all know who my favorite character was uh who was your you can't pick him 
Um, I can pick who I want. <laughs> wait, I forget. I forget who I picked last time. You are. You can. Who did I pick? No, it matters. I for sure, I... picked Agent Three Fifty Five. Did I? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Because that your favorite this movie. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> well, you can pick Ampersand. Apparently, I can't. Kyle, do you know? Uh, <laughs> you were asking Kyle who your favorite is. I'm like, no. Well, I need to. No, I need to. No, you need to think about it. I need Wait, to did think we? Did we say we couldn't? Who did I say last book? No, that's n- that's not I a rule. You, no, no, no. I know said, it's, it's, it's not a rule. I'm but we want to be unique here. No, I, I don't. I don't mind. Volumes. I don't mind picking I feel the same like you person. Picked Yorick, though. I feel I like I did as well. Did you pick Doctor Man? We no, all picked different. My favorite was Hero in the last one. Ooh, oh, that's right. Yeah, we all picked different. Is ones. it weird to pick Hero for this one? <laughs> I mean, yeah. she did like the end, <laughs> the last panel. Um, my favorite for this one, three, three, five, seven. Doctor Man. I think. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, the new character I really, really liked, who I just thought had some fun beats, was the Russian. Natalia. 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 Yeah. Like, she had a good opening scene and kind of like very disarming. And then, like, how she like tagged along and like how she really came in clutch at some pinnacle points in the story. I did. I felt bad we didn't mention her, but like, yeah. She she was definitely my, my favorite. Like, I, I think I enjoyed her, her presence in this the most. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dr. Man had some good moments too. I really liked the stuff, but I wasn't as pleasantly surprised by Dr. Man as I was by Natalia. Yeah. Um,. I know mine now. So Go for it. real answer is 355, but <laughs> my creative, unique, I'm picking different people answer is uh, Sadie. Oh, that's a good one. The, the girl who turns on Alter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like her that's a lot cool. because I like the way that she sort of represents a challenge to traditional authority and like the conventional way of doing things, especially the ways in which like, cause you know, Alter has that really like it's kind of a chilling altercation or, or bit of dialogue with Sadie where they're talking about starting a war to prevent a war from breaking out from within Israel. And she says something like, oh, it's a time, like it's a time honored tradition or it's something that stood the test of time that that works to. Oh yeah. It, it was, it was lying about a war to keep peace. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's happened throughout all history. Yeah. And that like kind of being sort of this point of, resembling like the conventional way of i don't know kingdoms i guess yeah um and kind of having that her being part of the system and then uh ultimately challenging the system and even overthrowing the system um i liked i like that character i like that she you can tell that she respects alter she likes alter she doesn't hate alter in any way but she because alter just violates so many ideals she holds to be true she's actually willing to kind of rise up yeah. And, and they get, we mentioned it, but that's why Alter like didn't, wasn't able to see her goal to fruition is because Alter stepped in her own way. You know, she got arrogant and, and, and selfish about the mission when like it could have been a lot more cut and dry and that's, that's what got in her own way. So, yeah. um, Kyle. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm repeating with Yorick. That's fine. Um, no, it's pretty lame, but it's, it's yeah, whatever. I know. I know. It was between him, him or 355. So nobody's favorite character is Ampersand? But... Because my all-time favorite character, my favorite moment was Ampersand? My favorite character. Anyway, it's fine. It's um, fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think we saw like so much change in York in each arc mm-hmm. of this book that um, I, I just like so much like self-reflection and so much like internal conflict being... Yeah taken out of 
a person who like puts on a facade like on a daily basis and so he like can't he obviously like it wasn't what he wanted like coming out of him but it was all like kind of forced and he has to like deal with that in the the coming books and then 355 too like i just love that she just is always running to the aid of either of them or of dr man or yorick like she always at every second has to go and like babysit and protect them and do whatever she can to help yeah no and and she's boss and she's so loyal and she's so like i i like that it's like yeah she's a good friend and she's loyal but the mo- like the thing that sets her apart in my eyes is that she's also so freaking good at what she does mm. and like that is exceptional you know um astronaut mom's cool too Wait, so really, you like all those characters, <laughs> yeah. but you don't freaking like the monkey in a diaper? I do like <laughs> the monkey in a diaper. We just decided that can't be our favorite character last episode. We decided three. Episode two is that's fine. I'll allow it. My uh, podcast. You broke. You broke a rule. Like you broke a rule. It's fine. Um, what was the rule I broke? You broke Russell's rule of choosing the same character twice. And well, I chose three <laughs> characters. <so. laughs> and none of them were a monkey in a diaper. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love Ampersand so much. It's, he's just so funny. I just love it. <laughs> oh, man, I love him so much. Uh, and how his arc really comes to fruition in the story, too. I love him. I love him more. I can't wait. I can't wait until, like, volume five of the series. Um, but, yeah, okay, so, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to get this up. Oh, wait, we didn't rate it. I almost oh. just closed this out without rating it. Um, uh, Russell, what do you rate it out of? Did we do five last time? Mm-hmm. We did five. I think we're yeah. doing five for per volume, and then a series rating out of ten. But this this is the thing. What if you would have rated it out of ten divided by two, and whatever if if we did by ten last time, uh, multiply by two. That's easy. We definitely did five. Okay, I forget what I did, but I'm gonna go four point one out of wow, five. That's a good rating. Thank you. That's a good rating. <laughs> I'm going four. I think I'm, I really like this one because because the series came like so much more like I guess full bodied like there's just more like even within you know the amount it, it's it, there's a lot more volume I feel like in this uh, it expanded a lot more for me uh, so I definitely closer to like four point seven for sure actually I did bad math in my head just now I you meant to do nine point two divided by uh, so four point seven five yeah four point four point seven. 4.6. 4.6. Well, don't let this fool you and make it sound like I hated yeah. it. So You did, clearly. I just got a 4. I'm closer <laughs> to you, though. I just want to say I'm closer <laughs> to you and further from Kyle. So Let it be known. Mm. Russell's second favorite mm. character is Ampersand. He nope. didn't have to say it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kyle, you like the bearded actress. Kyle, re- <laughs> Kyle hates the story because there's Maybe. no electricity. <laughs> I still can't believe there's no electricity. I don't understand how they don't have movies yet. I don't understand how they just have what do you mean, plays. Like new movies coming out? Sure. You think Why that's... not? Oh, no. they don't have any working cameras? That's not. That's absurd. Oh, I don't know. Absolutely Kyle, absurd. They need distribution for movies is pretty. It's a tough thing. They couldn't even get past that interstate to go from. The rest of the world through Dude, Arizona. You're telling me that there's no just like women out there who it's their lifelong dream to be directors and actresses and they couldn't pull something together by now? Well, they did plays. No. Yeah, they did plays. Yeah. <laughs> that's a play, though. You yeah. don't need electricity. You know, even. Unless it? they did. Didn't they have a spotlight? So I that's think you fine. can have like local electricity. Maybe they have like. Look, I'm never gonna stuff. win this battle. You're never gonna let me have it. You know what we never mentioned to you though is the running joke that I love is that the one, the I don't know if it was this volume. I think it was like the first issue. 
is the woman with a beard on that told Yorick his beard wasn't believable. Oh, yeah. That he could do better. I loved that. I also just want that to be said on the podcast. Um, also, Utah was on fire. Sorry. Yeah, they were, never just, they were just like, oh, by the way, yeah, we couldn't go this way because Utah's on fire. It's like, okay. What do you call it? Mormon hellfire is, I think, what York called it? Maybe. Damn, my no. man. My man, Yorick. Uh, oh, we also didn't rest in peace to PJ. Also rest in peace to PJ. This episode, well, I did. I mentioned PJ dying. This episode is definitely dedicated to PJ. Um, okay. I don't think you can say that after you said pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, didn't they like? Didn't they say something about each other's pajamas? Yeah, but yeah episode, they did at one point. Yes, she wore a robe during her majority of this freaking episode. <laughs> you had you were saying something about robes earlier. Yeah, keep it to a black Adam. <laughs> oh yeah, you were. Get some weird underneath, robe issues. Underneath okay. her robe, she was wearing the black Adam costume. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, we've really gone off the rails. Um, thank you so much for being on the Cameron's Comics podcast, guys. We will see you next week.
And also make sure to like and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons. Um, yeah, and make sure to go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, I'm Cameron, and I read comics. <laughs> Russ and Kyle, thank you so much for being on. We'll see you next week.